monsters, madness, and magic. Hello, Ms. Wallace? Hi. Hi. Oh, well, hello. Here she is. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, darling. How are you? I'm a, a lot better now, actually. I feel like yes. I'm speaking to royalty. I feel like I am speaking <laughs> to an aunt, that really cool aunt that you grew up with. It just, uh, it's really nice to hear your voice. And it's, am I clear enough for you? Cause you sound great to me, but is my microphone clear enough Absolutely. for you? Absolutely. Okay. Well, well uh, Ms. Wallace. I am, I am a very cool aunt. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I would believe it. Ms. Wallace next to me, digitally next to me, is uh, also my friend, Angelique Bone. Hello, Angelique. Angelique. You can say hi. Hello. How are you? I am so fantastic getting to see Oh, my gosh. You're one of my heroes. Oh, gosh. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that more than you know. Oh, well, we really, and, and like, we have to tell, that we tell this to everybody, but, I mean, we do mean this. There is a... It's, it's not like a, a tiered system, but I did mention you are basically, this is a big deal. And for those listening, I can go ahead and kick off just our little soiree here for the Monsters, Madness, and Magic podcast. We have, ladies and gentlemen, none other than Ms. D. Wallace. Now, for those of you who did not grow up in the best decade ever, <laughs> let me run it <laughs> Let me run it down for you. E.T., Cujo, Angelique, please continue because I'm going to double back. Let me go. If my brother's listening because he is listening. Yes, J.D., Rockadoodle. She was yeah. in Rockadoodle. Oh, my God. <laughs> and see, this is, like I said, your royalty. Angelique, take it away. Give us some more highlights from Ms. Wallace. Oh. She knows what she's done, but in Howling. case anyone else doesn't. Hills have eyes, critters, you name it. Popcorn. Uh, Yes, popcorn, the <laughs> best movie movie. <laughs> yeah, movie movie. Oh my God, what a nightmare it was to shoot that. Oh. Uh, it, you, know, you never know what's going to end up to be a cult classic. No. Is it, it, is it that the daggone truth? Yeah. <laughs> my very good friend. You never Chris know who's going to end up in president or becoming a cult classic these days you know <laughs> it's a weird world right now i'm for yes, real it and what's even funnier i would have to think about like the staying power some movies are just the way it shifts around you would think and of course they did for a long time like cujo was part of the horror lexicon the howling still is like that's the gold standard yeah when it comes to werewolf films and stuff but isn't it funny how critters just slowly starts getting on up in the mix and it becomes what started out as a laughable cult classic has now become quite i love critters you stay away from my critters yes. i love that movie yeah it's you, just, bet. you yeah. bet near and dear near and dear i love <laughs> critters <laughs> i love critters I, and i love i love shooting it we had a really good time we i want to get to some of your horror stuff now looking at your resume if i were to print out your resume on a piece of paper. It would look like a CBS It would be receipt. two pieces of paper. Thank you very much. It would be. I'm serious. It's yeah, Dan. You'll get and it right. Just, and I, I say, I say that with all respect. In that, in order to respectfully abbreviate it, let me put it that way, because I could be here all night with you regaling me about every TV show that I grew up watching, all the reruns and stuff. However, we do like to focus on the horror and the sci-fi. All right, and I'll so, talk about whatever you want to talk about, honey. I would like, oh God, well, 
<clears throat> well then, <laughs> I will honestly have to defer this to Angelique because whereas I am just a, I'm a, a filthy casual <laughs> growing up watching the horror films, Angelique is a devout student of yours. I'm going to let her actually ask all of these serious and interesting questions, but I just really do want to thank you, if anything, for the scares that I got as a kid because, <laughs> because you did play a part in that you know, as well. You you have the perfect horror laugh. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Did you did you hear that laugh he did just a minute ago? <laughs> I have heard that laugh a lot. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, you should you should make a, a tape of it and send it out to more places. They can use that. <laughs> if they actually wanted me around, I would certainly try it. <laughs> Maybe I will. Wouldn't that be something I claim to fame is the laugh? How about well, that? I mean, you got Everything the Wilhelm, else you try to, You got the Wilhelm scream. It ends up being the laugh. And then you got the Daniel laugh. <laughs> <laughs> May as well tack on the laugh with the uh, the boyish charm and the middle-aged man. And just... There you go. There you go. Southern, there goes southern charm. A good laugh. You don't need much It, it is the, the southern charm. Where Wallace. are y'all at? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Angelique, where are you? I am in a closet. Where are you? <laughs> I am. In... <laughs> there it is. Yes. <laughs> you have to excuse. Uh, do you just uh, you've you've made it the trend? We always time it to see how long it takes for someone to mention the fact that we're in our closets. <laughs> oh, but I am Angelique. In... You know, I've done some of my best work in a closet. So hey, you there know. You go. <laughs> This is my vocal booth, my recording mm -hmm. studio. I do voiceovers. I'll do my in the closet. Yeah. So, since I have everything set up, I just, yeah, I'm in a closet. But it's kind of become like Pee Wee's Playhouse, where, you know, it's, it's the word for the day. We just wait for people to wait to hear it. Are you in a closet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here goes that laughing. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Angelique, yeah. I'm going to get embarrassed now. She's sitting here and got me frazzled. Ask her something. Oh, <laughs> well, um how did you, you you've got this illustrious horror career. Um, what makes you gravitate towards those roles? You know, I love, um, I love the kind of emotional life that I get to play. I love, uh, I love big emotional arcs, you know, like in the Frighteners, right? You, mm -hmm. She starts out as this this simpy little weak lady and ends up this ball buster killer. Um, <laughs> I, I just really like the challenge of all that. And um, I've got to say too, a lot of my horror films, I look on, I look at on a much higher level. I um, for Cujo, for example, Cujo for me was a story of how far a mother's love would go for her child. That's what propelled me through the whole film. The howling for me um, was about the light and the dark and the fight, uh, which is going on today. You know, the, the fight 
in our own consciousness between um, whether we're going to go to love or hate. And, um, and so now, of course, I'm, I have this whole other job that I do as a healer and teaching uh, conscious creation. And I think back on my career and I have to laugh that I, I've spent half my life doing horror films and the other half of my life teaching people how to um, heal themselves from fear. <laughs> so that's kind of the dichotomy of D there, you know? Well, that's it's important. It's cathartic, though, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, you, you have to be acquainted with the dark in order to get to the light, in my opinion. So having well, that... It does, uh, it does help to know what you don't want so that you can choose what you do want for sure now <laughs> so, this is if i may can what is this about the conscious creation i'm curious normally i would give i, I do want to give plenty of time to find out about that but i'm curious so what is this that daniel of which you speak daniel, yes, you have not checked out my website guilty yeah. <laughs> is my whole which website the imdb that shows all those movies you were inside yes i remember that yeah you are correct ma'am i have uh, okay. i am a poor sap and have not seen the website well, let me look boy, it up. i caught you um okay conscious creation well just look at the words most of us are creating our lives unconsciously uh we're run by thoughts that we've been thinking every day for years instead. Nation truck and allowing, I'm like, hey, what's that? And there we go. Sorry about that. I was just really curious about that. Please continue, Angelique. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, my internet dropped on me, so I got booted out. Um, oh, well, then we're all well and good. While you're, is your connection back? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I should be good. I apologize about that. Um, I didn't get to tell you where I was from, Dee. I'm, I'm in a town called Soperton, Georgia. And here in this town, they still think the internet is witchcraft. So. <laughs> so. Oh, dear God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> As I'm down, uh, let's see, I'm about two hours east of Angelique. I'm, I don't know if you're Augusta, Georgia, right across the river in Aiken. I have, um, yeah. I'm 15 minutes, I could leave my house right now and I'd be at gate one of the, so that's about, yeah. Internet still kind of gets a little spotty. Oh, well. hell, that's I'm in Los Angeles, California, and our router went out two days ago, so, oh. you know. Uh, see, between we can, fires, I can relate with that. Between the fires and the hurricanes, the damn Satan himself, well, there you go. Right? Well, I mean, did he move into the area, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of the big tenets that's the core of my work is as you believe it's delivered unto you. So I got no belief in Satan at all because I don't want him knocking on my door, baby. <laughs> so, especially not considering some of the portrayals I've seen. Yeah. No. <laughs> he made his match, I can tell you. <laughs> yes, ma'am, you are absolutely <laughs> I would absolutely believe that. <laughs> you are certainly right about that. Please, or is your connection back? Yeah, she's good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, going on from um, talking about, you know, your horror career, you have played, you know, the ultimate mom. Cujo, watching you just it breaks my heart between you and Danny. It kills me. It, that was actually the first movie I saw in the theater. And I was just a little kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, was, 
I was telling you. Yeah, yeah, thank you, parents. Dear How old were you? Um, I was born in 79. <laughs> so, How old were you when you saw Cujo? Or what, in uh, 80? I was... I no, was, 82 is ET, so Cujo came out in... All right, so I was well, about... you weren't old enough to see it! <laughs> well, hey, the rated R is with a parent or guardian, so I was I was under the law. <laughs> not saying you weren't under the law. I'm saying you were underage to see that movie. Did you? Were you scared of dogs after that? No, not a bit. Not a bit. Good. I, but wow. my parents. Those said, dogs. Oh. Let me tell you, those dogs were taken better care of than I was. That's what I've heard. There were thirteen. There were 13 different dogs that played Cujo wow. because they didn't want to overwork the dog. There was one actress, however, that could be worked 14 hours a day. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> um, they were just, Carl Miller had those dogs to their life. Brilliant. But, uh, but just that, and, and watching it now, is especially you were so heart, you were given that you're all, but that was a yeah a, i did i a, did give it my all thank you I, it's the it's my favorite movie really of everything that i've done yeah i think just because you know i went as far as i could go as truthfully as i could get there and uh i look at my performance today and I wouldn't be different. And that's a lot to say for an actor. That's incredible. As far as I have to say is the brilliant setup of the film. I mean, with Cujo itself, it, it had that Hitchcockian setup. It, it, one location. It, the whole movie is in a car. A mom and a kid in a car with a big bad dog. Yep. And now, granted, that's terrifying. But it's kind of like Jaws, only you see the shark a lot more in Cujo. But And when you do see the shark, he's in various stages of decay yeah. <laughs> and making a lot of noise. But the fact that you were able to carry that film, that does speak a lot. It's, it's cool to hear that like that's your favorite. But, I mean, the reason the film works is because you made it work. Well, thank uh, you. I was really blessed to have Danny Pantaro as my kid, too. My God, that kid, it was like working with another adult. He was just absolutely, and the dogs were so well-trained, and Louis Teague, uh, who directed us, you know, and Dan Blatt, who produced it, and Jan DeBond, who did the, the DP work on it. Mm -hmm. He was just coming up, and just everybody on the set was so nurturing, so loving, and so helpful to help us get through everything we had to get through. I mean, they um, they treated me for exhaustion for three weeks after. Wow. wow. Yeah. It was, you know, your body uh, and your brain doesn't understand that you're acting. It goes mm -hmm. through the same chemical reaction and output as if you're really in fight or flight for eight weeks. So it was... It was challenging. Wow. That, I imagine so. It's intense. Like I said, the fact that you were able to carry that film like, is what makes it believable. That, and of course, you know, as it, since we were apparently really young to see that movie, that and the fact that there was a big scary dog. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, just you know, in the car, you can tell your muscles are trembling, drenched sweat. That was... Yeah, and actually, we were cold. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, we were shooting in Northern California in November and December, and um, 
I actually finally asked him to put a heater it down in the front of the car because I would look over at Danny and his little chin was just quivering because he was so cold, you know, because they'd have to spray us down with water right before we. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, dang. That shoot. So you say Cujo came after the howling. Could I backpedal a bit just to get like, what did the howling do for you as an actor? Like, I mean, was that like the big ticket skyrocket for you? Or was there, a, I'm trying to think of a proper question to ask in this, just the fact that the howling, what Angelique says, like with Cujo, the howling kind of did to me in a sense. So, you know, a really creepy werewolf. Was the howling what really gave you that horror shift and kind of maybe nudged you into that direction? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, because I had done... The Hills Have Eyes was my first film, you know. Oh, see, okay. I, I saw that way later. Yeah. I had never, it, it had never even crossed my radar I did as a ten, little kid. Which obviously is a comedy and not a horror film. And, and, um, and then I think uh, The Howling came along. And um, what The Howling did for me was brought me to the attention of a lot of major players, including Steven Spielberg. Okay. And, um, you know, Steven was, he works very, very, very far ahead. And so he already was in talks and working with Melissa Matheson on ET. And he knew the quality of the mother that he wanted. And he had me come in and read for used cars. Um, fortunately, I did not get used cars, and then when E.T. came along, they just offered me E.T., but the howling for me was, hey, look at this girl, she can really carry a film, and she can do it in a way where you don't think it's cheesy, and, um, I mean, for me, the howling is really a riveting film. And, you know, um, uh, Chris and I were engaged at the time. Oh, really? Um, And Dan Blatt, also who produced Cujo, also produced The Howling. And so he called me one day and he said, Dee, we've got a great cast for you, but we can't find your husband. And, you know, I guys, I'm not a real blonde, but I just hadn't put it together. And... I said, well, exactly what are you looking for? He said, well, we need somebody really virile, but with a a vulnerability that he can't. And I went, oh, my God, I'm freaking engaged to him. But in that second that I had that thought, I also thought, don't you dare say that. They'll never hire him. So I said to Dan, you know, I did this episode of Chips with this guy Christopher Stone or Smith or some S word. So they went out and found him. Nice. Called him in and he auditioned and he got the part. And then Dan Black calls me and I pick up and he goes, D? And I said, hi, Dan. He says, oh, I, I must have called the wrong number. You know that guy you suggested? Well, we had him in and we really liked him and we hired him and I was calling to talk to him about some stuff. And I said, no, you you have the right number, Dan. And there was this long pause. (laughs) And then I hear, 
Oh shit. <laughs> so, I think they they felt like they were very fortunate to have Chris there because I'm kind of a method actress and um, can really go into La La Land. And uh, there were times like some asshole on the set put a blank in one of the rifles during, uh, yeah, during um, one of the attack scenes in the car. <laughs> we were rehearsing and, and that went off and they lost me for two and a half hours. Oh, man. I was freaking out because they don't understand how far you have to take yourself right before you shoot into a scene like that. And so fortunately, Chris was on the set at the time and he was able to calm me down. But man, you know, Christopher was an ex-Marine and you didn't screw around with Chris. And he, right. he went... To everybody, he said, I want to know who the hell did that. I want him <laughs> off the set now. And they were, he was, he was gone. What was it like? Did you have, because it's been, it has been a couple of years since I saw the howling. I did want to hit the howling though, because for the last time I watched the howling in another podcast network of mine. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping Derek is going to be listening to this for Astro Radio Z. We did a franchise retrospective where we covered the howling and it was nice to just be at a table, a virtual table with a bunch of people that really love that film. Yeah. There's, it is a gritty, Derek used the term sleazy, just you can feel how dirty and grimy that movie is. It, it's a beautiful film because <laughs> even watching it now, it's like, wow, this seems good. Yeah. But it just reeks of this modern neo-noir feel, just that grit behind it and i was just curious like did you yeah oh god yeah now were you involved in seeing like the wolf special effects did you have any idea i guess this is a good one did you have any idea that the movie was going to be what it ended up becoming well, <laughs> did you know what you would become a part well, of <laughs> i mean everything that was that ended up in the movie was on the page um, but no, I was not involved in the creation of the werewolves. I, I suppose these days, you know, I would have enough clout to do that. But back then it was, gosh, I'm lucky. I got, I got a leading part in a film. Wah, wah, wah. And, <laughs> you know, and um, so no, I, but how could they have done any better job? with those special effects. And Rob Bottin was yes. on this set every single moment that those werewolves worked. Now, the big transformation scene with me, uh, mm -hmm. where Eddie, you know, goes step by step. I, I had to imagine all that. There wasn't anything there for me to look at. So Dan, or Joe, our director, Joe Dante, started walking me through it. And seriously, it was so funny. We just couldn't hold it together. So <laughs> I said, just tell me the sequence, Dan, and let me imagine it. I mean, Joe, and let me imagine, right? So um, they, laid, they laid the big transformations uh, weeks after I shot it. Oh, yeah. wow. When did you actually, or... I'm assuming you have like seen 
at least that part of the film away. So when did you actually see it all together to actually see what you had been a part of with the transformation sequences, whenever you saw like that final cut, like that theatrical cut, did, well, when did you actually had a see that? screening for all of us. What'd and you think? Uh, like when you saw I that? I thought they did a phenomenal job. And you know how they ended up with that little Bambi werewolf at the end. Uh, I was shooting Cujo, and for some reason back then, it was very important that you were not seen as the monster if you were a serious actor, whatever. Uh -huh. So um, Joe called me when I was up shooting Cujo and said, D, we've been showing it to all the test audience and everybody wants to see you turn into a werewolf. And I said, but I, I'm shooting. He said, well, we don't need you. We just need your permission because you've got that in your contract. And I said, yeah, just can you make her a little different than the other ones because she's fought so hard against this? And that's mm. how they came up with that Bambi werewolf idea. That's fantastic. I mean, I think, I think yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for it. That's curious that there was that kind of stigma to a character back then. It's just thinking oh, I now. Don't know. Like you know, if you were a, an A actress, you weren't supposed to you know, turn into a zombie or anything. All I know is that it was written into my contract, so. <laughs> That's fantastic. So which do you prefer? You know, you've got Hills Have Eyes, The Howling, uh, Cujo, Queers, where you're kind of, you know, the protagonist or a victim. Whereas you're you've everything got... in Critters. <laughs> <laughs> True. And you've got The Frighteners, Lords of Salem, where you're the, you know, the badass, which is your favorite? Yeah. Uh, you know, guys, it's always good. Uh, but seriously, I just love a good part. I just really love a good part. And if I can get a good part in a really good script, even better. Um, I've got some interesting things coming out. Hey, all your uh, listeners in October should look for, I had this idea to do something for our fans during lockdown. And so I got some pretty heavy horror icons together and my daughter and a friend wrote it and she co-directed it with him. And we each did our own parts in our own home. Uh, and nice. it's unbelievable how, how well it came out. It's called Stay Home obviously a play on COVID and everybody look for it the beginning of October. Stay oh, home. Do you oh, have I a know. website? It's only about 17 minutes long, but there's whole bunches of Easter eggs in there for the fans to find. Is this a short film? Is there a website there's not that a, they can go to? There's not a website. Nope. Uh, YouTube? But Well, we're, we're deciding, yeah, probably uh, okay. exactly the top venue to release it on now. That'll be done in the next three days. But it's a great ride, you guys. And Danielle Harris, yeah, Scout Taylor Compton, nice. Barbara Crampton, and Kane Hodder all did it with me. Okay, so, so like uh, the royal family of horror. My buddies there. 
Wow. Yeah, you were getting me excited there for a second. I thought you were saying you did a, like, y'all just sat down and did a radio drama. Because I'm just sitting here like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because no, that's what I do. And I was just sitting there like, please. Oh, my God. She's going to say it. And I'm going to faint. So I'm in, I'm in love. Anyway. Well, it was <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, you make do with what you got, especially right now, trying to fight the boredom. So <laughs> I love it. I love stuff like that. How exciting. We're going to make sure and shout that out. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're really going to like it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would like to think, I just, uh, I just watched Critters uh, before we came on tonight. And just as a casual glance, especially having known you for all of 29 minutes now, <clears throat> Ms. Wallace, I feel like Critters is a perfect embodiment. You were basically just playing yourself in the moment. Am I correct? Because, <laughs> and I mean it, because you were the mom. And you just, you did the mom thing right up until the aliens were coming up. And then, like, the last part of the film, you're just walking through blowing the shit out of them with the shotgun <laughs> left and right. And then by the end, you just go back to normal and the house is ready. So I, I feel like that you might have been playing yourself in the film. You know, I think you play yourself and everything through the character that you play. I mean, if there's a film that I was really playing myself, it would be that's that's the, nice. that's the closest um, emotionally and to my humor and but I did all these films before I had any kids. That I was gonna ask that <laughs> before I had my daughter. Yeah, and every I was, I was gonna you know ask. all yes. the, I'm sorry. the uh, whenever I'm interviewed, they always say, "Well, how could you play a mother so well because you weren't a mother?" I said, "Well, I had one." <laughs> And I, the mother that I had was very much like the mothers I played. Um, for much of my life, she's a single mom. Um, the backbone of our family kept it together, defended us through anything and everything, and um, just kind of saved us. And so I had a really good role model to pattern a lot of those. I, I know those characters. I know strong women who have a huge heart, who you don't want to mess with, you know? I, I know them yes, really well. What I like about your, the way that, as you mentioned, these characters, these strong women, what I appreciate about it is that you don't have to hammer people. This is how you, it's natural. That's all. Mm -hmm. It's not some long-winded 90-minute virtue signal. You're just you. And guess who you happen to be? Portraying a natural mother. It just, that I, I like it. It's well, kind of, especially it comes, especially nowadays, you yeah. just you don't see that. But with a lot of these, you know, and I mean, maybe it's just because there's a lot of those qualities. You know, it reminds me of my mother because my mother says, oh, hey, darling, and bake you cookies. And then if you insult my son, I'm going to rip your face off yeah. and cook you for dinner. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I can relate. Like true Southern boy. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> now. The kid gloves are off. Uh-oh. I've played around long enough. I have a little brother who just, no, I, he really wants to know, did you enjoy Rockadoodle? I mean, my brother is going to beat me if I don't see him tomorrow. I'll be like, dude, she was a Rockadoodle. I talked to her. So, I mean, I was Rockadoodle. Let me tell you, I just enjoy doing anything for Rob Zombie. Oh, God, I'm getting to that. You know, <laughs> Rockadoodle, I don't even remember to tell you the truth how Rockadoodle happened. <laughs> I I seriously don't. I can't remember. I think 
it was somebody that I'd worked for or kind of a friend or something that got me involved. But, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all in and, and I'm going to give my all and I'm not going to go in judging anything, you know? So, yeah, I had fun. It's stupid. Yes. Who, who wouldn't have fun doing something that's stupid? Yes, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I'm a kid of that era. You know, really? I was born I in couldn't 19- tell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I know. It's, it's part of my charm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was just – I. My, Sorry. Go ahead. Go what? ahead, please. <laughs> I was going to say, going, going off of Rockadoodle, um, you were also in my very favorite show, The Office. You played Andy Bernard's mom. How did you, how did you get that role? You know, that's very interesting. The director of that episode studied acting with me. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, when that came around, he just called me and said, you want to do this? And I said, who wouldn't want to be on The Office? Well... <laughs> Then I got the script. There wasn't a hell of a lot to do. You know, I did the best with it I could. Sure. But it was it was a strange shoot for me because I thought most of it was improv and we were going to be able to play around. No, it's all scripted. And, oh. um, and there wasn't a lot of room to bring in ideas. I was kind of surprised. Not at least for the guest stars. Maybe for the, you know, the, the regulars. But, I mean, everybody was very nice. And I'm, of course, appreciative that I got to do it. But I got there and I went, well, God, you know, this probably should have gone to somebody who needed, really, really needed a job, you know. It right. just, there wasn't that much for me to play around with. Well, I mean, I, you got out of the car and I was like, it's D! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't miss those legs, that's for sure. <laughs> and your eyes. Oh, your eyes I, are so gorgeous. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Thank you. I now have to. What was your thought? And I'm, oh yeah, because I'm going for it because this is such a content. I don't care. I actually enjoy the, I, I don't like all of this. But whenever they told you that they were remaking Halloween and Rob Zombie, what was your thoughts? Well, my first thought was thoughts. they're remaking Halloween. Why? <laughs> and, and then I read the script and I went, this isn't a remake of Halloween. This is a Rob make of Halloween. <laughs> And uh, I just, you know, Rob Zombie is a force unto himself. And um, I went in to meet him, and he's the sweetest, gentlest guy. And he and Sherry are the sweetest couple to get. You know, every morning on the set, she brings him his vitamins and his health food drink. Uh And uh, I, as an actress, I adore working for him because he is wide open to anything, any ideas you have that you might want to do. Just wide open. And, you know, when you, when you trust your actors enough to do that, you get some great stuff. And we trusted him to watch what we were doing and pull us back or guide us a different way. So there was an inordinate amount of trust going on 
Scout and I, to this day, are such good friends because of our relationship that we made on that. And I would go work for Rob and have gone to work for Rob uh, anytime he calls. Uh, You know, Lords of Salem, um, he wrote that part for me. I think he's determined to break my mother image. (laughs) (laughs) And um, in the middle of it, after we give her to Satan, Mm -hmm. sitting in my dressing room, and this is what, what happens to me when I feel like something's off or I'm fake or, and I feel like bugs are crawling all over me. I finally realized what it is. And I ran to Rob and I said, Rob, I, I don't think I can look like this anymore. This was all a ruse. This was, this was me acting so I could get her on our side, you know, and now we've given her to Satan. I, I think I've got to, to show the tough bitch that I am, right? And he looked at me and took about five beats, looked at his watch and said, you got 20 minutes. That was it. That was it. That was the end of the discussion. I went to hair and makeup and told him what was going on. We slicked my hair back. We hardened up my face. And I think it really works. It did. You can definitely tell the shift in that. I I love Lords of Salem. That's one of my favorite uh, witchcraft. Uh Uh-oh, you froze. Uh Uh-oh. Am I back? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're back. I I was saying Yeah, you're back. Yeah, keep it going. I was saying uh, that's one of my favorite... which flavored movies, as I like to yeah. like to put it, you know, you can you can definitely tell the shift because you know you're all bubbly at first, and then she yeah. falls for it, and then and falls God for it. Three from Hell. Yes. You know, I love doing Three from Hell. I loved working Sherry because of all the stuff that I'd done. I really hadn't gotten to work with Sherry very much. And when I read it, you know, I I emailed Rob and I said oh my God, I really want to do this part, but I can't look like me. Can I wear glasses? Can I have some glasses? I I have to dye my hair brown, Rob. I I just, I can't play her with looking like me. And he said, I love all those ideas, Dee. You know, we'll come in a day early and figure out what the look is. And I think it really worked. He had one um, critic who called him and said, uh, you know, I'm reviewing the film and I really, really like it, but did you cut Dee Wallace out of it? Because she listed in the credits, but she's not in the film. And I went, damn, best compliment you could give an actor. You that's know? It. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Dude, that's great. <laughs> See, I haven't seen Three from Hell yet. I didn't know you were in that. Oh, my God. It. It's really good. You'd see it. I'm, I'm going to. I have really a, good. You know, whenever I actually get a chance to watch it, but I always make a, <laughs> make a note. To, as a, Like I said, I was born in 80. So Rob Zombie, he was part of my edgelord teen days, you know, when yeah. I was 15 and do it, you know, jumping from Metallica going into White Zombie, Headbangers Ball, that kind of era. So, yeah, like I said, Rob Zombie could come out with anything. I'm not going to say a bad word, you know. Well, you <laughs> I'll have watch to it deal with me if you do. Yes. You I certainly that. would not do that. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I behave. I behave. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we've talked about, you know, 
your career and everything you've been in, what do you like to watch? Well, I I don't like to watch horror films because I get too scared. Oh, no. <laughs> Although I love, what was um, The Quiet Place? Uh-huh. I love yeah, that was Quiet cool. Place. Um, I just thought that was a brilliant film, but it was more suspense. I, I tell you, I, I won't watch slashers. I absolutely, uh, and they're not, they're a whole different genre than the horror film. Anyway, true horror film is what we used to, you know, and A Quiet Place, things like that. But the films I like to watch are uh, dramatic films with a lot of character development, um, that have some kind of social or heart um, message, some kind of growth. Um, E.T., I, w- I love watching E.T. Right now during lockdown, we're watching a lot of the old Hitchcock movies. And um, some, just some, I'm try- going to try and talk my guy into watching Cabaret and he's not a big music fan buff but um i just that movie i don't know what we what were we watching last night i think it was another hitchcock movie and some moment reminded me of cabaret and i went oh my god can we please watch that again so i i'm gonna talk him into that too And interrupt. We've already got what she watches. You go yes, ahead and food questions. Absolutely. I'm the fiendish foodie here at Monsters Medicine Magic. So one thing I ask every single guest, what is your go to movie snack? Popcorn, baby. All right. <laughs> Popcorn or chocolate ice cream. I like the definitive answer behind yes, that. There was boom. no equivocation. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, popcorn and a really good seven up or sprite. That or chocolate ice cream or chocolate ice cream. Anything chocolate. If you give me anything chocolate, I'm yours. I'm there. I'm in heaven. Duly noted. I told y'all that. (laughs) I mean, I'm a guy. I'm from the South. I could have told you that. Well, for sure. (laughs) We were having this conversation earlier. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So uh, tell me, you say you got some things cooking up. Like anything you really wanted that you can mention yeah coming out a, or... a lot of movies that i've done that is as soon as they can be released you know uh one of them is called await the dawn which really interesting sci-fi horror combination got me yeah and um then there's a a very interesting insect movie called the bewailing that they're finishing up post-production on and I know there's been a lot of hype on the internet about 13 Fanboy. So uh, I think they just about finished with that. We shot it in January. And um, yeah, so I've, I've got those uh, movies coming out and a couple of others are still working. Um, just waiting to go back to work, you know. Things I've been really, 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 really busy with my healing work, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of... I'm I'm not comfortable yet going back to the con. Sorry, thing, but I just with the flying, you know, it's a it's a petri dish. You go to a convention, it's just a petri dish, and it's safe for me right now. Absolutely, yes, ma'am. That out of anything else, yes, ma'am, you're correct. And I mean, it's 
Look, it's your health if you do what you feel you have to do. So what is this uh, with your healing work? Where would you, uh, what was the website? Where would you want to send people if they wanted to find out about that? I am dwallace.com. I-A-M-D-E-E-Wallace.com. Yeah, if you really want to change your life and start making money and get your health better and create the relationships you want, I'm your girl. Boom. Yep. No shotgun needed for this one. <laughs> I'm serious. I I I have the creation process really down. You know, when COVID started, I thought, oh my God, how am I going to keep everything afloat? I have a huge mortgage and huge overhead and I pay so many people and it just killed me to think I wasn't going to be able to keep my sweet assistant on. And, you know, I said, Dee, none of those thoughts are going to get you what you want. You want continual money coming in easily throughout this whole period. So yeah. I just said, that's what I'm going to do. And I told the universe to come partner with me. And you guys, it's unbelievable how every month more than what I need shows up. That's, that's cool. It's crazy. It's either that or buy stock in Zoom. I really hate that I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) None of us saw that coming, did we? Kind of missed the boat on that, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Miss Wallace, I have taken enough of your time, and but please don't hang up just a second. But regardless, for anyone who doesn't know how much of a pleasure this has actually been, maybe y'all should understand that this has been Mrs. D. Wallace. She is horror royalty. I want to thank everyone for listening. Miss Wallace, thank you for your time and for enduring me. Enduring <laughs> and my us. Voice, good charm. And me gushing. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and I mean it. You should get that laugh on tape. I'm certainly going to try. So until <laughs> next time, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, it doesn't even matter. I spoke to D. Wallace. Everybody else, I mean, I talk to y'all later or not. It doesn't right. matter. Bye. We're done. You know, I'm good. I don't have to talk to yeah, anybody bye. again. You know? What's uh, the way I end, usually end up? You're out of here. <laughs> El Nacho yeah. Grande. We'll cut it right there. <laughs> done. Miss Wallace, thank you so you much. Thank you. <laughs> like, I, I know it's very it's very rough shot, but and I kind of do that on purpose. Like every the hell, oh thank God! Imagine my surprise sitting here in a closet. All of a sudden, the door opens up behind you, and I'm sitting here talking to D. Wallace. What the hell do you think is about to happen? I has, I've seen this movie before. Uh, yeah, y'all, I've, I've seen that movie before. It ain't sneaking up on me. No, seriously, it is really like rough shot, and you know we don't like so in 1984. You co-starred in this. this everybody always asks the same things. Now we did have Angelique and I did have some about you know certain. Well, you have no, to, guys. I just I just want to chat with you because I just I grew up with you. I just you're freaking cool. Know what things are like? <laughs> yeah, that's all. Well, I do. Could I ask? Do no. you have any way? I've been trying to email like Rob Zombie's agent. I would love to sit down and talk to that man either about music or movies or his favorite drape that he puts on his living room sofa. Well, seriously, I would really appreciate just speaking. 
I, on a podcast. I, if you had a way to contact you, if not, I understand. But um, the fact it's like, oh, she was in Lords of Salem. And then I was like, wait a minute. She was in Lords of Salem. <laughs> it just um, dawned on me. Daniel. Yes, if, ma'am. If you uh, compose an email. Yes, ma'am. And send a couple of links from people you've interviewed. Um, I I can pass it on. That's really all I can do. Um, I don't know who Rob's agent is, but you should be able to find that on IMDb. I tried. He doesn't really have one. It yeah. goes like straight to his composer site or whatever. And, uh, trust me. I know. I wouldn't trust me either. Sending an email. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's, what... that's not it. He's just... He's a lone wolf. He doesn't and he's like busy. To work with the establishment at all. That's why I, as a composer and somebody that I do horror radio drama for crying out loud. So I mean, it's I respect the utmost respect for people that buck the system and just go and do it, like march to the beat of their own drummer. And so that's well, why it would just, it's one of those I would love to speak with him. You put together a complete email, like how long you're on, how many listeners, blah, blah, blah. I've got that already <laughs> compiled, Daniel. I'll forward you what I use. Okay. And I will send it on. You're the best. Thank you so much. Wow. The best uh, I can do, guys. Hey, networking is, it's, is hard. I mean, and, you know, we're so grateful right. that you would even. You got to ask. Yeah. You got to ask. Yeah, I mean, that's just what, let me, I try to take this, especially nowadays, just with podcasts. First of all, I just, I look at it now, I just get to talk to people that I never thought I would ever get to speak to. But also, I like to pretend, if this is the only time I ever got to speak to Ms. Wallace, what would I ask her? How would I compliment her and thank her? (laughs) And how the hell could I get Rob Zombie? (laughs) All right, well, I'll be happy to pass that on, and I'm going to pass now on to dinner with my guy. Yes. Uh, Thank you so you much. You are so welcome. You are guys, uh, just to let you night. know. You are always welcome here. You stay safe and take care of you. Okay? Yeah, and look for stay home. You're gonna like it. We will most definitely. Yes, ma'am. Bye, Thank guys. you. Have a good evening. Thank you. Bye.